0: Welcome to the Digital Thoughts Podcast, my name is Zan Sayed, and I am a pharmacist turned product manager. I have almost 10 years of clinical experience in oncology, ranging from inpatient all the way to outpatient. My goal with this podcast is to bring people from all sides of the conversation together so that we can learn from each other and build a better healthcare system. In this podcast, we discuss everything digital health from the people to the products. If you do enjoy what you listen to, please consider giving this podcast a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It really does help a lot. Thank you very much, and let's get into the episode. Today, we have an awesome guest. Chris Liu is a senior product manager at Brighttree. In this episode, we talk about what is a product manager and what do they do? Why customer input is so important? How being a pharmacist has helped and hurt him in product management? Would he recommend getting an MBA? And how can we further the pharmacy profession? Is a great episode i hope you guys enjoyed as much as i did hey chris how are you doing today
1: i'm doing good i'm really glad to be here and i uh, appreciate you having me on the show
0: yeah no it's it's great to have another fellow uh, pharmacy product person uh as a guest
1: absolutely yeah there's not there's not too many of us but you know i'm starting to see an incline uh through our through our linkedin group and actually starting to see a little bit more on linkedin as well so yeah no good to see it's kind of on the incline
0: yeah no it's 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 good to see for sure but For those who don't know who you are, do you mind giving us a little introduction?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, I'm Chris Liu, um, pharmacist by trade, so I graduated from Medical University of South Carolina with my PharmD degree in 2016, Um, and prior to that, did go to Clemson, so I always want to give Clemson a shout out, Uh, so I love Clemson football, love the school, but um, after my graduation in pharmacy, I did a PGY1 in home infusion pharmacy at Option Care in Boston, Massachusetts. Um, and from there, uh, had some, some stints in home infusion pharmacy and then got into oncology pharmacy um, at a hospital in Atlanta, Northside Hospital. Um, so that was a fantastic time there and really enjoyed everything that I had to offer. Um, and from, from hospital pharmacy and oncology, I uh, got to transition into becoming a uh, clinical product manager for Bright Tree um, at this current time. So uh, we do a lot of stuff in the home infusion pharmacy uh, market for software. Um, and that's kind of kind of where I am now. And, uh, just graduated MBA school, um, had graduation last Friday.
0: Yeah, congrats. Where, can you tell people what school you graduated from?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I went to Georgia Tech uh, for my MBA program, did the evening MBA program. So um, met a lot of good friends, got good people, uh, you know, two and a half years, we we were an evening MBA program together, so uh, really excited for everybody that graduated and just a great time.
0: Awesome. Yeah. So uh, before we start, you know, uh, you mentioned that you work for BrightTree. You guys do like home infusion software. Do you mind going into a little bit more detail as to like what, what kind of uh, solutions you guys provide?
1: Yeah, I think BrightTree, uh, most people probably know it from the HME side, so the home medical equipment. Uh, they do software there where I think they're a pretty prominent player, um, but you know, we're getting into the home infusion and we've been into the home infusion pharmacy marketplace now. Um, so we do you know everything from end-to-end workflow solutions for home infusion pharmacy. Uh, a lot of offerings there. I serve as the clinical product manager um, due to my nature as a pharmacist and background. Um, I have two other co-product managers. One is more of the operations, so a day-to-day um Operations and home infusion, and the other one is handles the financial, uh, so all the billing things in Brightree, uh, as well as the interop, so interoperability uh, components that Brightree has to offer. But yep, we do have an end-to-end um, solution, so uh, it's pretty neat.
0: Awesome. So, what does a clinical product manager do? You know, like this, uh, the word product man, product management in general is like a job shrouded in mystery. People think they know, not know, whatever. And then now you're adding clinical in front of it. Can you kind of go into, we can go into what product managers do, but kind of what, what is the, the role of a clinical product manager?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, i work on everything that's clinically related to, um, home infusion pharmacy, so that has to do with all the clinical inputs, like prescriptions, right? Assessments, um, anything kind of clinical in nature, calculation wise. Uh, whether it's dispensing any drug, calculating any doses, any TPN ingredients, um looking at calcium phosphate precipitation. Um so anything kind of kind of along the lines of clinical nature, you know, anything that really I guess a good way to put it for is any feature that a pharmacist or technician probably touches or uses in a software. Uh those are the that that would be the components that I would work on and my team and I would work on. So.
0: very cool, very cool. So product management in general um you know they're so i think a lot of people get confused with project managers so you a lot of people it's like kind of like a Freudian slip like they'll be like oh you're a project manager oh i'm in product manager um you and i know they're not the same exactly but like can you give us a kind of like the line in the sand where product starts and project starts
1: yeah yeah they're definitely misconstrued and kind of you know, interplay into one another, or at least people think they do. But really, a product manager is focused on the product, right? Um, so they're running the roadmap um, and delivering features, uh, pre- uh, features and projects, um, and they're really discerning what needs to be in the product, uh, when it happens. They're kind of scoping that out um, and really making that roadmap and delivering the most value to the customers. Where I think a project manager is more on the lines of Looking at it from an overall scope and a timing standpoint, right? Making sure that everything is uh, in line, keeping hold of everybody that's accountable to what part that they need to that they need to do. So I think there's a lot of differences in between the two. Now we'll say a product manager does, you know, at least where I'm from, we do kind of manage timelines and scopes, of course, with our roadmaps and um, kind of holding people accountable there as well. Uh, so a lot of different interlays, but definitely different as well.
0: Yeah. So. If you had to describe what a product manager is, what, what is your definition of a product manager?
1: I feel like yeah. everyone has a
0: different definition.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's great. Um, a product manager really is somebody that owns the product, that takes something from vision to actual outcome, right? So our product, you know, we have our vision of what we want it to be. Um, and a lot of that vision is incorporating things that we hear from our customers. So one, the biggest part about being a product manager is you've got to have good customer insight. Got to have good research. You got to make sure that you have all the background that you need in order to kind of know where you're going and where you want this product to go. Ultimately, that product is going to serve the end user, and it's got to develop. It's got to deliver a lot of good outcomes and value to the end user, right? Because if it doesn't, you're not going to be very successful. Um, and so, really, you're looking at it from from an A to Z point of view um, and making sure that the product really is kind of managed in that way. So I think a product manager, when I think of a product manager, I think really, really a product owner, right? Somebody that has the accountability of what the product is, who it serves and how it benefits them.
0: Yeah, I know. And I love that you brought the customer, I mean, you mentioned customer multiple times and I think that it's really important to highlight that I think that a lot of companies, for get about the cust—not i didn't say forget about the customer because they're selling to the customer but i mean in the sense that they're not looped in early enough in the product cycle right like if you like too many times we go down this road spend months on it and then we're like hey here's a completely polished product do you guys love it and they're like uh no this is like not at all what we wanted um so so that's why i mean so i'm glad you brought up the customer a lot so do you
1: in your at Brighttree, do you guys involve the customer quite a bit? Always. So I'll tell you, you know, just personally for myself, even though I am a pharmacist, I don't get a practice on a day-to-day basis, right? And so it, it, you lose things quicker than you think, just natural mechanics of using, you know, software how you think it should be used. Um, and so we do incorporate. I I incorporate customer feedback all the time. We have customer success managers that really are the voice of our customers. But really, I think a product manager does a little bit of everything, right? And so I think getting that customer input, getting their insights, knowing their pains through the software system, knowing how, you know, what things could help them um, and benefit them. That's really what's going to make you successful as a product manager. You have to have that empathy. You have to know what they're feeling, and then you can translate that into a good product. You're right. If you incorporate them at the end, probably not going to work very well. Um, and ultimately, right, your product is here to serve the customer, provide value to the customer. It's all about providing value to the customer. If you don't provide value to the customer, create more pain and really don't even solve their problem or even understand their problem, then it's not, you know that's something that's probably not going to work out well in the end,
0: yeah, one hundred percent. And um, we've both been on the other end of that where we are we are facing the pain, and we just have to deal with it. But, um, yeah. so what is your customer feedback kind of system? Like how, what is the process of you, um, kind of getting that customer feedback? This is more of a yeah. selfish question for myself. Yeah, no,
1: no, no. It's really great. Actually. Um, you know, there's a couple things I like to do. Um, one I, you know, whenever we have an issue that maybe I want some customer input on, I'll send out an email and it'll be to a group of individuals that, you know, I know pretty well. Um, I know kind of their, their workflow, the way they think, but I really want to get their insights on something, right? And I'll send it to a, a bunch of people um, and you know I'll get responses and then I'll kind of go through each of their individual responses because you're never going to get the same answer twice and for the most part, right? Unless it's pretty black and white. Um, you won't get the same answer twice. So a lot of it is through email. I'll also have like an office, I call it an office hour, but really it's just a time where I set up a recur- recurring monthly meeting. I send it out to our customers. Um, Whoever wants to come can come, and then I just hear them out, right? And from that, that's probably where I get my best kind of features or enhancements that I really want to put in because, you know, what they're going through on a day to day basis, they're feeling it every single day. They understand it. The pain points that they have, the things they like about the system, they're very willing to to share it. Um, Now, I will say, you know, asking the right questions is essential too, right? Because we can't really solve the problem if we don't understand the problem. So if you know somebody wants a field here or a field there, you can add it all you want. But if you're not really understanding why they want that, um, then it really isn't beneficial. And maybe there's a better way to do it. Maybe you have a you know there's something else you can do to make it even better, right? So really having that empathy again, understanding understanding where they're coming from. Another I, I went I went on a little bit of a tangent, but uh, I think to answer your question, yeah, I just. You know, through emails, monthly recurring meetings, and then we do run betas as well. Okay. And so having them have inputs in our betas is is invaluable.
0: I think I'm going to steal the monthly uh, product meeting. I love that idea, um, kind of like monthly office hours, um, because it. I'm sure your your customers appreciate that. That like, hey, he's always going to be open, and he's the one literally there in front of us, right? The person, because that's sometimes half the problem is like they don't think they're their questions are being put up the flagpole far enough, right? But like, hey, you're literally talking to the guy that has the, uh, that has the power to put a feature in or tweak a feature.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I I can't tell you how, how invaluable that is. You know, I mean, as, as, as much as we are pharmacists, right? If you're not in it day to day, then it's, it's really, you know, it's really kind of difficult to, to have empathy on their pain points, you know, without hearing them out. You know, so that's, you know, a big part of that is just really hearing them out. And then hopefully we can, you know, video chat or whatever. And they can share their screen and show me exactly what they're talking about and going through that workflow. It's really beneficial in that in that circumstance.
0: Yeah, I'm 100% stealing them. And thanks for the thanks for that. Yeah. But, um, so you have mentioned, So you mentioned that you're a pharmacist. Um, so what I mean, I know the, I know, I know the answer, but you know, for the audience themselves, they're probably sick and tired of listening to me say it over and over again. But uh, ha- how has being a pharmacist really helped you as a product manager, or has it
1: hurt you? That's that's a good, that's a good, that's a really good question because it's, you know, I'll start with how it helped, right? You know, understanding the vocabulary, understanding the the workflow of how we did it. Um, now, there's always going to be nuances, right, to every every pharmacy's workflow, every pharmacy's operation. We would expect that. Um, but really having that, I guess, basic general understanding of what they do, what they expect, and being a user, right? Um, I've used multiple software systems, um, just depending on where I've worked. But having that kind of base ground understanding, understanding pain points through my own user experience, I think that's helped me a lot in my product management and career so far. Um, and really serving the mental model, right. I think everybody as a pharmacist, no matter what system you go to, it really kind of, there's a mental model that you expect, right? Whether it's prescriptions, supplies, you know, patient history, patient records, notes, whatever it is. I think there's really a, a mental model that you expect. Um, and then you kind of expect, you know, how it works. Now, with that being said, how it's hurt is probably a little bit of user bias, Right. Um, where, you know, a lot of it is drawn through my own personal experiences. And I'm like, well, you know, I've used this system or I've used that system and it was done this way. And so I kind of expect it to be done this way, where, you know, taking a step back, understanding the problem, understanding the issue, and then kind of creating the best solution from there. There may be times where it's probably best done in another circumstance or another matter, right? And really being able to kind of step back. You know in, in getting those solutions instead of relying on your own background and experience um i think that's probably the biggest thing i've had to learn really you know i hope that makes a lot a lot of sense
0: no 100 percent. and that's um i think that i read somewhere that sometimes some companies don't like hiring product managers that have that come from that domain for that specific reason mm-hmm. because they are they don't want them to bring their own biases into the product because they were a sliver of the use case versus like the big use case. And I'm finding that as well right now as I'm trying not to inject too much of my own personal bias into it. Yeah, And, um, it's hard. I mean, and honestly the fact that you're recognizing it is half the problem. Right. Um, yep. so, you know, so, so good on you for that. And I'm, I'm still trying. So I completely agree. But then like, in terms of like being a clinician, I think that knowing, n- Okay, let me back this up. Being a clinician and also having your personal bias that also helps you ask the right questions, right? Yeah. Because then you can you can say like, hey, this is how I used to do it. This was the workflow. Let me see if they're doing it the same way. But you can kind of point them in, I shouldn't say point them, but you can kind of point, get a pointed question asked rather than kind of trying to figure out everything from the top down.
1: Yeah, you're yeah, you're absolutely right, right? It's it's all about asking the right question and making sure you get the right answers and the right insights to develop your own solution, um, that really ultimately benefits them the most. And, and, and yeah, you've, you know, I haven't, I, I could see that where people don't want to hire product managers that have that domain knowledge just because of that huge user bias they have. And I, you know, when I look back at when I first started, I will say I probably had a really big user bias and that probably wasn't very helpful. Um, and really have had to learn how to, step back, absorb everything, listen, and then kind of act from there. And I also have good technical product managers that ensure that I do that. And so uh, I have a really good team um, and they're always going to, they're always going to make me, you know, kind of evaluate every single option. And and that's really the best part about it, right? Is you have everybody that kind of understands the problem that has their own kind of solution. And then you've got to work through it to find the optimal solution. You've got to, you've got, you've got to fight through those tensions, right? A lot of people will, you know, don't want to step on anybody's toes or anything, but that's not the run. Right, that's not the way that we run our, um, we run our meetings. We run our story reviews, right? We let everybody kind of have their own opinions, make sure that they're heard, and kind of go from there. We kind of embrace the conflict. We don't run away from the conflict. Because in the end, conflict is how you really do get the best solutions, right? And even that is with customers, too. I can tell you right now that, you know, every discussion with the customer do- isn't always a rosy outcome, right? There's going to be disagreements there. But it's how you work through those disagreements that something, you know, really optimal comes out of that.
0: could not agree more. I think that um, you as a product manager, you're kind of, this is sports analogy, I mean, you're kind of like, quarterback right like you have to make sure everyone's in the right position running the right play and then you have to decide who the ball goes to based on what you see and read right and not everyone's going to be happy because everyone wants the ball right but it's for you to decide and that's why it's a tough job right because you have a lot of decision-making power but it's also really important to kind of get everyone's feedback because you do not know everything, right? Everyone, maybe somebody's been there a little longer, they've talked to specific yeah. they've talked to customers longer more than you have, and they're dealing with a completely different mindset. But I am the same way. I love the conflict discussion, whatever you want to call it. As long as it doesn't get personal, I love it because yep. if if I as a product manager, cannot defend the feature that I'm trying to implement, then should it really be in there? Do I really feel that? strongly about it, right? And if I can't defend it, yeah. then maybe it shouldn't be in there.
1: Yep. Yep. And, and, you know, through through that conflict, you realize you've got to keep developing, developing continuous habits. And those habits are really keying in and, and speaking to customers, speaking to users, getting their insights, right? I mean, th- I, I feel like that's just something that good product managers have to do. You have to keep talking to your customers. You've got to keep getting those inputs from them. Um, it's really just all about you know continuous discovery habits, right? And then implementing them from there.
0: Yeah, one hundred percent, love it. Um, so you just finished your MBA. Again, congratulations. That's that's an awesome thing. Um, do you recommend it? So you obviously got the product management role before you got in. Before you got an MBA, um, do you think that? Okay. Now that you've gone through your NBA, do you think it was helpful? And also obviously you just graduated, so you can't talk about future, but in terms of like what you learned, kind of the, the atmosphere, who you met, all that stuff, like, do you think it was a worthwhile experience?
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think in pharmacy school, you know, pharmacy school is pretty tough, right? Anybody that graduates pharmacy school, you know, that's a big accomplishment. Uh, pharm- pharmacy school is pretty rough. Um, but you know, it was very clinically focused, right. And rightfully so because you're dealing with patients, you're dealing with medications, you're dealing with drug interactions and um, you know what's the optimal medication for the patient's disease, right? Where then you transition to MBA and it's more, and in your careers too, it's more operationally based, right? There's a lot of clinical components of it. Even as a pharmacist though, right? You're still working in a business or a hospital that has operational workflows that there's always performance improvements that may not be necessarily clinical in nature, there might be operational, right? And I think that's where MBA school helps the most. Cause you're, so to, to take it back, do I recommend MBA? Absolutely, 100% not getting paid by Georgia Tech to say that, right? Absolutely recommend an MBA. Um, I think there is helpful you know, tips, helpful tools, helpful learnings from MBA that you can apply in any career, whether it's being a pharmacist, a physician, or a financial analyst, right? There's just, it's just very applicable in a lot of different situations. Now for product management, do I find it helpful? I would say 100%, you know, and that, and that's really gonna be geared towards your, your classes that you take, your electives that you take, um, you know, being new to product management, I focused a lot of mine more, my classes more on marketing and product planning. Really learning what value propositions were, positioning statements, even going through, you know, process of writing requirements. So all of that, you know, had a good foundational knowledge, I think, through my MBA. And then of course the networking from, from your MBA program. You're most likely going to find a lot of other people that are in your careers and you get to network with them, just like how you and I have talked before about product management, right? You get to kind of learn about their insights and their advice as well. Um, and then you get to see it from other people and other people that, you know, might sell the product. They might be sales engineers, um, they might be marketing reps uh, and, and they work for, you know, a product, right? Or they have their company has a product. So you get to have that insight from what they view from the product as well. And what they think the product should offer and how they can kind of apply it to their roles. So you get a lot of everything in MBA school, um, a lot of good learnings, a lot of networking. So, hundred percent would recommend it.
0: Yeah, no, and I think that I think the networking part of it is also really important. Um, you know, you people with MBAs, um, like once you graduate, like even before we got on the call, like you said, you were with these people for two and a half years, night school. You guys have developed friendships, right? And those friendships, and not everyone's going to go into healthcare, or whatever. They're going to be all over the place. But then your network gets even bigger and bigger and bigger because um, it's just like a spider web effect, right? Um, and that's one thing I tell people is like, you know, just, just reach out to people that are not necessarily pharmacists or in, even in healthcare, just like talk to other people because A, you can learn a lot from them because they're coming yeah. from a completely different perspective as you are, and B, it only just furthers your reach.
1: Yeah, yeah, 100%, man. Um, I- I'll tell you, I had a really good group of core friends in my MBA program. And you know, I think the world of them, man. Like any any company that hires them, is going to be extremely lucky. You know, they're very hardworking, they're very engaging, they're very good. You know, personally with social skills, um, but really, really, they're very intelligent at what they do. They're very thoughtful in how they approach a problem and give a solution. And you learn that in MBA school, right? Like a lot of your assignments. Prior to MBA school, I hated group assignments. could not stand them. I was like, just let's let's do individual assignments. I don't, I don't want group. You know, after leaving MBA school, I'll like, say, I really enjoyed our group assignments because really everybody brought a lot to the table and there was always learnings and, and observations and insights that you could pick from every single person um, in your group. And I think that's, that's one of the best things about Georgia Tech's MBA, I think. I think it really attracts a lot of good Solid, hardworking individuals. So I can't say enough about MBA school. And uh, maybe it's just because I graduated on a cloud nine a little bit, but um, it was, you know, it's my favorite program that I've done so far.
0: That's awesome, man, amazing. But um, so you you talked about like, so you talked about marketing strategy and all these things that you learned uh, during your MBA. Do you think it's, do you personally, like in in your product manager role, do you you interface with like marketing strategy? Uh, If you don't, do you think, we, do you think product managers as a whole should be?
1: Yeah, in my current role, yeah, we, we're very close with marketing. I'm very close with sales um, you know are if they're listening to this, they know they call me all the time I'm on demos with them a lot, um, so I really enjoy that aspect um, and then strategy, yeah I mean your roadmap is really leading to the product strategy, right um, that's that's really you know a huge part of your product strategy is is your roadmap. And a roadmap, right, is just a map or a guide of things that features enhancements, products that are gonna be released um, under, under your, your team, right? Um, and so 100%, if I couldn't imagine a product manager not being tied to strategy um, and, and marketing and sales. Um, if that's fragmented, I honestly could not imagine that you know, how that would work. I'm sure there's maybe companies that do a little bit more, a little bit less, um, with marketing and sales and with product managers, but, you know, I'd be very interested to see, very interested to see how that would, how that would interact and how that would play out if they were not involved.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I think that again, that's why, I mean, that's why I chose product management is because it's like a chaotic job. You're kind of no one day is ever the same which is completely opposite of the personality of a pharmacist, right? They really want everything structured exactly the A plus B equals C. Um, I always felt like an outlier sometimes in pharmacy school, but, uh, but you know, it's a fun job. It's crazy. Um, I think that's why it's really hard for people to really define what a product manager is because there's so many components to the job and Mm -hmm. you just, it's kind of like you're the, you know, everything is just spinning around you and you just kind of have to like filter through what is and what it is, what isn't. And one thing I do want to come back to, um, kind of meant to ask you, but I forgot, but like asking the right question, how do you know you asked the right question? Like what, what is like your, what is the way you ask a question to make sure that it's the right question to ask?
1: Yeah, open-ended, related to the topic, and I don't want a solution right away, right? I want to hear about the problem. I don't want a solution right away, but I want to hear about the problem and what that problem causes and how that problem is going to affect individuals downstream. Right? And then we can get into the solution a little bit. When you know that you've asked the right questions is when you know, is when you know that you've learned something new and you have a pretty well understanding of what the customer is actually going through and what issues it does cause downstream. That's how you know you've asked the right questions. And from there, you can implement a solution to it or something that's going to help alleviate that friction in the, in the workflow or in the customer experience.
0: Yeah, no, I love that. Do you have kind of an example of a question, kind of a, like a general question you ask your customers?
1: Yeah, you know, I don't know if I have a specific example, but it's always, you know, it's always very open-ended, right? So tell me about the situation. Um, tell me about you know, what it's causing, what you expect, you know, not, not really what you expect, but, um, you know, what, what's really happening through this, um, kind of the emotions of what, what you're really feeling through this right process. Um, and, and kind of going from there. So yeah, yeah, a lot of open-ended questions, a lot of, um, describing the experiences and then kind of looking for that outcome and value. Like what outcome would you expect that this happened? 100%.
0: Yeah, I think that Mm -hmm. what you said right there is really important. Like you're not not directing them to a solution you might already have in your head. You know, Mm -hmm. because some people are like, oh, would this help? Maybe, I don't know, you know? But like, you know, saying like, hey, give me an example or walk me through what the problem is. Let me see what you're doing, where you're clicking, everything. Let me just see everything. Just show me, show me what you're doing. And, um, that way you get like objective data, you know, subjective data is yeah. great too, but it's not great in a vacuum. You know, you need it, you can mix it with the objective part of it, but you really need the objective part to really make a good decision.
1: Yeah. You know, that's so important is really being able to see it as well. You, you mentioned that, right? Like seeing the clicks, you know, seeing cause you can really you really get a good feeling of what they're going through when you're able to see them go through the process. And so that's something that I'll ask a lot is, can we share screens? Can you show me? Right. And from there you can make certain other inferential insights and you can ask more questions. Right. And that can lead to a better solution or a more optimal solution.
0: Awesome, man. Um, so what do you think? So there's a lot of health tech, health tech is like booming right now, right? Like a lot yeah. of, things are booming, but clinicians, and we were kind of talking, you know, there's not too many clinicians out there in the product world. Uh, in our little world, we talk to each other. We think we're everywhere, but when you kind of step out of it, you're like, oh, there's really not too many of us, but it's growing, thankfully. But, um, yep. you know, if you're a health tech company, like, why should they hire us?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. That's a great question. Um, why should they hire pharm- pharmacists as product managers? you know i I think that's something that our profession unfortunately doesn't do enough of. They don't really advocate for for other opportunities, right like so many times in pharmacy school you're you're given three options right retail, hospital, industry that's kind of everything that people would probably expect or know um, but there's all other sorts of different opportunities i think from customer success to sales engineers, to sales in general, even marketing, right? That I think pharmacists can really play a huge role in and really succeed in those roles. Um, I think as why you would hire a pharmacist in health tech is because a pharmacist is pretty integral to healthcare disciplinary teams, right? Uh, We communicate a lot with physicians. We help them, you know, understand, we help them understand, you know, medications and any interactions and um, kind of, Kind of have a good rapport with them. Right? And, and I think that's, that's very important. And I also think we interact a lot with nurses and it's not always where's my med, right? You know, (laughs) can you guys hurry up? But I think there's a lot of, you know, good teamwork that we all do, whether it's physicians, nurses, pharmacists, um, and we all have our own individual specialties and subsidiaries inside that healthcare team. Um, So, if you're doing healthcare, it then the only way you're going to really get that insights into a pharmacy and the medication is actually locating somebody that has done it before. That has seen the operational workflows, that has really engrossed themselves in that knowledge and in that clinical capability, right? And so, you know, who better? Why not? Why would you not hire a pharmacist if you're in healthcare IT? Especially if you're making a product that has to do with pharmacy or any kind of medications, things like that. Um, I think it only, it only makes sense. Right. And I think a lot, you know, you and I are in that group and we, we just heard where, you know, somebody's vice president, I think was saying how, how having a pharmacist have, has added so much value to their team. And I think, you know, without think pharmacists, you know, do add a huge value in the product role, right? Because pharmacy isn't isn't easy. It takes four years to get a farm, doctor at a pharmacy. It's a lot of school, right? And then after school, you're practicing, right? And, you know, however many times you tell somebody, well, yeah, I just dispense medications or, you know, yeah, you know, check IVs or check order entry, um, verify orders. There's a certain process that goes through that, right? That only a pharmacist or that if only a pharmacist really knows that they're doing right in internal checks and it comes secondhand nature, cause you do it so many, so many times, but try describing that to somebody that is not a pharmacist. Right. Or is that it's not even in healthcare. It's a pretty difficult, pretty difficult, um, problem to have.
0: Yeah. I mean, obviously I agree with you hundred percent, you know, like, you know, let's just go down like the main jobs of a product manager, right? Leading without authority. No pharmacist has authority. As much as we like to think we do, we're not. The, we're, the buck doesn't stop with us, right? But yeah. a lot of people respect our opinion, right? Because we have yes. gained that trust, right, through communic- good communication skills, all that stuff. So, boom, right there, num- number one, communication. We're constantly having to distill complex information to mm-hmm. a variety of different people at multiple different. Uh, levels right to doctors physician you know physician doctor same thing but nursing staff patients children whatever like we're we have to constantly be like our communication has to be on point because usually we are the last person that the but that the person sees right before they're yeah. their home right um you know so those are like two of the main things that a product manager does right we have to and then detail orientation like we have to be detail oriented we need to yep. see the bigger picture like you mentioned pharmacists we are an integral part of the healthcare of, of healthcare in general. So we need to know what everyone else is doing at all times to make sure that the the drug is there at the right time. Right. But depending on beyond you stating and all that stuff, like we mm-hmm. can't just be sitting there for days. I mean, sometimes it has to be there within 30 minute time frame. Like we have to make sure it's right there. Like operations has to be on point. And usually the most, Efficient department in most hospitals is the pharmacy department because it has to be because it's under the yeah. most scrutiny because it's the, literally the last thing that a patient realizes, right? The patient doesn't care that the operation went late or, you know, this was happening, whatever. They care like when they're in the room, why isn't my med on time?
1: Yep, yeah. yeah, yeah. And and you think about, you know, what healthcare professional is the most accessible. It's It's probably the pharmacist, right? I mean, you think of all the retail pharmacies, all the consulting windows that they have. I mean patients can get to a pharmacist pretty easily, actually very easily, right? I think about my own self. You know, if I have questions, if I had questions about a medication, just go to my CVS, right, where I pick it up, or Walgreens, or whatever it is, and you can ask them right then and there. Um, You know, as an intern and technician, uh, I used to work in retail, and we were always asked questions, you know, but, and you got some off-handed questions at times, Um, but you're very accessible as well, so I think, you know, being being able to communicate, like you said, right? Being able to communicate effectively, um, it's just secondhand nature to us. So,
0: yeah, you guys, like I said, hire us, man. We're good. We're good people. <laughs> we're good people, man. And uh, and then the other thing is, you know, the other thing I don't like about our profession is we're just like you said, we are not adv- we're not advocates for ourselves. Um, I think we depend too much on other people advocating for us. Uh, you know, like you like you mentioned whenever somebody works with a pharmacist, they understand the value. They understand what we can do and how much time we can save, how much money we can save them, like everything. But why is it that they have to work with us to understand that? They should know that coming into it. They should be craving us. They should be wanting us. They should be, you know, all that. Like that just doesn't happen. And why do you think that is?
1: Yeah, you know, I I wish I had the answer to that. Um, And, you know, I think, I don't know if it's, if it's self-inflicted, right? Because in pharmacy school, you're just so ingrained into only three paths, right? Um, But another thing is, you know, are we not advocating for our own own colleagues, right? Um, Are we asking for more pharmacy product managers, right? Um, Because having multiple pharmacists on a team is actually very beneficial and very helpful. Pharmacy is too big for one person to know. Everybody has different experiences, different subset of specialties, right? Um, that can be very beneficial, um, and then another thing is, I think on on the opposite side, you know, I don't know, you know, if they are just not thinking, like you said, right? Maybe they don't want somebody with such a big user bias to join their team, um, and and maybe the perception is they don't really know what a pharmacist does, right? They think we just dispense medications or something, you know? They don't know all of the other things that go into it, right? Is the medication safe? You know, is it interacting with anything else? The timing of it, the beyond youth dating, I mean, all that's really foreign, right? To any any kind of probably business um, operations or anything like that. So I think it's, I think it goes both ways. Um, but I think one thing that we have to do is make sure we advocate for our own colleagues, right? And we've got to give people a chance. You know, going through MBA school, I can definitely tell you that i I don't think there, I think, You know, when you when you graduate, when you think about people that graduate in undergrad, and they have a four year undergrad in business, right? There's a lot of opportunities, a lot of options for them to go to. Um, And I think, you know, we we've got to give that same opportunity to our own colleagues, right? You know, whether what specialties they have, you know, it, it doesn't, it matters, but I think. We've got to we've got to open our eyes and and really advocate for our own selves and be willing to give people a chance.
0: One hundred percent. If I could, I'm gonna clap a little bit. <laughs> I mean, perf- I mean, exactly. Like we have to advocate for ourselves. We cannot we cannot wait for other people to kind of lay the red carpet out for us. You know, like it's it's we need to do it on our own. Kind of like what nursing does, right? They just put themselves. They just inject themselves. They don't care which toes they're stepping on, or whatever. Like I think we're too afraid of oh we might oh we're stepping on this person's toes or that person's toes whatever like no it doesn't really matter in the end if it's beneficial to the patient it's beneficial to the customer Mm -hmm. that's all that really should matter for for a business or anyone right and you know we're always talking about how we're everyone is so overworked and over this like there we need to start chunking off things to people that are the experts at those things right and you know one one story it kind of really hit home with me this point was i was talking to somebody this person rounded um, with pharmacists every day, loved her pharmacist team, uh, but she didn't know what a pharmacist did, like what they did after rounds. And this is a person who's been working with pharmacists for years. Yeah. And she's like, you know, what do you, it wasn't, it wasn't even like a backhanded question. It was genuine curiosity. He's like, what do you guys do after rounds? You know, like all I yeah. know is you guys show up to rounds when you're supposed to help me out during rounds. And then you're, you just scurry away. And then all I, I get a couple of pages here and there telling me, hey, can you change this or this and that? And, you know, and she's like, I love it, but what are you guys doing? And I told her like, all the stuff that's happening after round. And she's like, holy crap, why don't we know this? Like, Why, why, don't, why doesn't anyone know what you guys are doing? And I told her, I don't know. Like, I really don't know why. Like, and this is a person that's an advocate for pharmacy. Yeah. So imagine people that are not advocates of pharmacy where it's going to be.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, part of the problem probably is when you ever think of a pharmacy and, and a hospital, right? It's like, it's like the basement. It's like somewhere pretty, pretty obscure. And, and, you know, I think, again, it goes to a pharmacist's role, right? Like making yourself visible, taking those opportunities, you know, making that extra step to talk to to people that are in, in a business role or a little bit higher up, right? Making sure that they do know what you do and they do see the value and again, it goes to leadership as well, pharmacy leadership, right? You've got to to make sure that, you know, people know what your staff do and call out the good stuff and the good value that they do, right? And so I think, I think again, a lot of it is always going to be, let's look at our own selves and see how we can kind of further the profession um, and help each other out.
0: 100%. And I think that you touched on another thing with schools. Um, I think that schools need to, really look at what a pharmacist can do and really show I'm gonna say children <laughs> but show the students like hey this is what you're capable of these are people that have PharmD degrees and look at what they're doing you can do that too and here's how right and I think you know growing you know we're, we're only given three options right um and well actually when I was in school it was really two pharma wasn't really something that we talked about but um but yeah, I mean, I think we do a disservice to our own profession because there's so many amazing, talented individuals that are pharmacists <laughs> and they can provide so much value in different ways. And one thing that I one thing that I kind of learned like during my transition into the tech world, and I'm sure maybe you felt the same thing. I felt bad leaving the clinical side, but I learned that there are different ways to help people. If you don't have to help people. We all can't help people the same way because then, yeah, we'll get this one specific problem solved, but what about the rest of it? Right. We need people in all different areas solving those problems and we need good people there. And that's kind of what I'm trying to do. Right. I'm trying to solve a problem and same problem in a different way from a different angle.
1: Yeah. Yeah. 100 percent. And and you're you're absolutely right on that. Right. Like we're we're while we're not involved in patient care on a daily basis as product manager, we've got to look at the global effort that we're making. Right. Like these products, these services that we're offering you know, other people that use it may be involved with patient care, right? And so being able to be effective in that is ultimately furthering along our profession, right? And everything we do, you know, if I'm sure our organizations don't have too many pharmacists, right? But everything we really do sets the reputation of why you need a pharmacist. So I think always looking at that is important. Yeah, man.
0: I mean, yeah, and that's the thing that drew me to tech was the scalability of it, right? Like um as a pharmacist you're only you're bound pharmacist clinician whatever you're bound by the schedule you can only do one thing at a time well y- you can only do one thing at a time but we're always trying to do 10 um but yeah. that's a, that's a discussion for a different time but uh, we can only do one thing at a time we can only help one patient at a time and you know in tech you don't have that you know like you said you're creating a product that somebody else is using that is could theoretically you could be helping millions and billions of people and that to me is a powerful way to think about it. Yeah.
1: Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and and one thing I don't think we we mentioned and probably didn't do a good job of, right? Is when we look at a product manager, what they do. Yeah, I think the skill set that a product manager has to have, I think the biggest skill set is probably one, getting information and getting good information, right? Asking those right questions. We touched on that. But the second one is definitely prioritization. If you can't prioritize and your organization can't prioritize, then it's, it's going to be a long road, right? Because, you know, you, you made me think about it when you said there's, there's 10 things we have to do. That's, that's a product manager, man. There's always like 10 to 20 things that are going on, but it's how do you prioritize, right? How do you make order out of chaos? And I think that's the hardest skill set of a product manager, to be quite honest. It's not the business side, it's not the strategy side. It's really prioritizing and making order out of chaos.
0: Yeah. I I am. I'm glad you brought that up because that is one of the most important things for a product manager and guess who does it every day, every second. We are We do it all the time. We are, if you ever talk, if you ever, so it's funny, I don't know if you get the same thing, like, uh, whenever I was working in pharmacy in the pharmacy, you get really good at ignoring everyone. Unless I tell (laughs) people like, Hey, unless I hear a drug name or my name specifically, I will likely just ignore you. Right. And, um, so they're like, how did you do that? Do they teach you that in pharmacy school? I'm like, no, because if I keep hearing all of you people talking to me, I will literally not get anything done because I need to prioritize yep. everything. You, like when you start, literally when you start the day, you, you have a list of 10, 10, 15 things to do. And guess what? All of them are critical because there's people's lives on the other end of all of them, but you have to decide which ones to go through. And it's really hard, right? Because you are theoretically putting a number on somebody's life. And it's not an easy decision to make, but we have to make Mm -hmm. it on a daily basis. So if we can do that, we can, we can definitely prioritize, you know, a product roadmap.
1: Yeah. And, 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 you know, when you think about having all those things to do, it's always the phone, the phone's ringing off the hook too. Right. While while that's all happening. So, um, you know, when it's busy, it's, you know, slamming. Right. And then, um, very seldomly you get those nice people quiet times, but, uh, when chaos is happening, it's, it's erupting, man. So. Yeah. There's yeah,
0: certain, absolutely. there's certain ringtones that if I hear them, I get like yeah. PTSD. <laughs> yeah. I think absolutely. all of us have had like, there's specific ringtones that you hear like, Oh my God, what's going on? right? Um, but yeah, no, um, that's amazing. But you know, with the last, uh, few minutes that we have, what, what advice would you give to yourself? You know, when you were starting down pharmacy school or even college in general, uh, the, the, knowing what you know now, like what advice would you have given yourself back then?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a that's a great question. Uh, what advice? You know, I think it would be to kind of leverage every opportunity as as a learning lesson. Um, really, kind of being taking everything in the moment, right? So many times, just kind of rushed through something just to get to the next. Um, And, you know, I think I think a lot about that with pharmacy school, right? It's week, you know, every single week you have a test or two tests. So it's a constant learn and then forget, learn and then purge, right? Uh, But I really think, you know, just being able to slow down and kind of see the value of everything, take in what's important and what's not. And I think that is especially, you know, essential in a career, right? Um, Really being able to kind of slow down, take the value of everything And then kind of realize what's important. Uh, I would say, you know, for for me now, looking back, um, it's the most important things that I've gone through throughout my career are the people that I've met, the people that I've worked with, right? Maintaining that relationship, helping each other out um, and learning from them. Uh, I think that's going to, you know, if I could do it all over again, I would or tell myself something in the past, um, you know, make sure to kind of learn people's habits, especially people that you admire or people that really, really are good at what they do have a special skill set. Right. And try to try to emulate that as much as possible. Um, and going forward, I would say, you know, seek mentorship and also be a mentor, right? We, there's so many times we've talked about it furthering our profession. Um, you know, something I haven't done, it's kind of hypocritical, right? Is, yeah, I want to further the professional and give people a chance, but, you know, am I willing to mentor others, right? Am I willing to, to talk to them on LinkedIn when they want to know things about how to transition to a product manager? Um, and I think, you know, doing more of the podcasts like this, your podcast is certainly helpful and people to learn more about the tech industry from healthcare, uh, so i recommend that. Um, and then just kind of getting more involved in that way. And I think, you know, getting, you know, becoming an advocate and having people be able to reach out to you that are in pharmacy school that may not wanna take traditional paths, right? And talking to them and giving them good advice. I think that's something that, when I think looking forward to, it's what I need to do more of. Looking back though, really just taking everything in stride and not rushing to the next moment.
0: I love that. I think that we are so caught up in just like the hamster wheel of the next, next milestone, the next thing, but we forget to look back and see all the stuff that we've done and really just appreciate how far we've come, because honestly, you know, just to get to this point, you know, not even like where we are, but like just getting into pharmacy school, getting into college, you know, making it out of high school, like all those things are not something that we all should be taking granted for. But like, I mean, I've been the same boat, like till very recently, I just was like, oh, next, 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 like, you know, but, and yeah, and I completely agree with you with us being advocates, man. Like, that's the one thing I'm trying and that's why I tell students is like, Hey, you guys have a superpower, not saying that we don't reply to other people's DMS, but you know, I'm sure the same with you, but like when a student DMs us, we, I mean, I usually, I usually reply back right away because we see ourselves in them and if they're thinking about it now, like it took me a long time to find this, but like, if you're thinking about it now, you know, just reach out to people and reach out to anyone and everyone. If they don't reply back to you, who cares? There's like, I don't know, 8 billion people in the world. Like, You'll, you'll get a lot of people replying back to you, trust me. And the ones that don't, and the ones that do reply are the ones that you want to talk to anyways.
1: Yeah. You can't, you can never be afraid of failure, right? I mean, that's where your greatest learnings and, uh, looking at reflections, you know, you and I talked about what we would do, you know, looking back. Right. But I think a lot of that is so applicable to the product world too. How many times do we release features, big features, right? Epics that are awesome, that provide so much value. But we really don't celebrate those wins, right? Because it's on to the next sprint and on to the next feature, right? And so when we get our MVP out of a feature, right, we don't really take the time to appreciate everybody that all their hard work that they've done, right? It's always, okay, we've got this feature out. Now it's the next sprint. Let's go with the next one. And, you know, that, that kind of creates a, a, you know, a lot of burnout, a lot of chaotic um chaos right so you want to make sure you know we want to make sure that we appreciate you know all the big features too because those developers man they work hard so you yeah i appreciate yeah. them
0: seriously man they're, they're they're burning the midnight oil for sure but yeah. hey man so if anyone does want to reach out to you what is the best way of doing that
1: yeah i appreciate that linkedin um linkedin for sure uh you know i'll get back to you i promise so um i think christopher lou i think on linkedin
0: Awesome. Yeah. And I'll have all that linked in the show notes below, but hey, Chris, thank you for your time and generosity. This was an amazing conversation.
1: Yeah. I appreciate you having me, Zane. This is my first podcast and I've enjoyed every second of it. Always enjoy talking to you and appreciate everything you do with your podcast.
0: Awesome, man. Thank you for the kind words.